guys. Welcome back to It's a Theater Thing's Fosse Verdon Recap. We're really happy that you're joining us again so we can discuss this latest episode of the FX limited series, Fosse Verdon, about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. And as usual, I have my friend Aaron Carl with me. Hey, Aaron. Well, hello there. Hello. So why don't we just jump right in? Yes. Okay. So excited for episode four, Glory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great name. Really is sort of glory. It's sort of like a double-edged sword in this particular situation. Um, my, my English teacher would be so happy with the foreshadowing that oh. happened all throughout the episode. Like she drilled that into our head every English class. So I was, by the end, I was shook. I was like, oh, that's why they had that. Oh, that's why they said that. Okay. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this episode. I wasn't expecting the way it ended, but we'll get to that. Uh, yes. Let's let's start with the very beginning, as the song says. Let's start at the very beginning. Um, <laughs> a very good place to start. Right. Yes. Um, we start with the opening of Cabaret, and Bob is in the lobby of the movie theater, and he looks nervous as heck. And Saifur <laughs> comes out and he tells him, what does he tell him, Aaron? He's uh, just kind of trying to emphasize, like, they're loving it in there. There's no need to be nervous. Like, just come back in. Or if you don't want to come back in, come to the show. Yeah, come, come to the to party. party. Yeah. Yeah. Come to the after party. Like, just, you know, enjoy the success that you're going to have. And Bob just kind of walks off he's just says i can't handle it i'm not going to the party i i just need to be by myself because i can't see this failure all i'm gonna see is what i did wrong right he basically says he's not in the mood for a funeral because yeah. he's so convinced that it's going to be a big bomb mm-hmm. and then we see a title card that says bob fossey three years since sweet charity flopped so, you know, we understand why he thinks it's going to flop. I mean, he's already had one bad experience in the movie world. But then we see someone's knocking on his hotel room door. And it's his friend, Patty Chayefsky. Oh, I finally said it right. Yay. Um, <laughs> Bonus points. <laughs> Bonus points. Um, Patty brings him copies of all the newspapers with the amazing reviews. Yes, they're all raves. They're, they all love cabaret. And it just begins the trip. <laughs> yes, this is the beginning of his meteoric rise. So next we cut to rehearsals for Pippin, and we kind of get a sense of what that experience is going to be like, that maybe he's going to be a little difficult to work with. And then we cut to Gwen, and she's visiting Joan Simon in the hospital. We get a sense that Joan is very ill, but Gwen is trying to keep her spirits up. And I have to tell you, so this is one thing that kind of I was pondering (laughs) in watching this scene. If I was in the hospital really sick, I don't think I'd take the time to put a ribbon in my hair. Right. She was dolled up for being ill. Yes, she real and she looked amazing. I mean like amazingly healthy. She did not look sick. But the, right. The, Ma- makeup artists did a little too good of a job. They yeah. they yeah. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, I read an article earlier today about, you know, what was accurate in this particular episode and what was it. it seemed like almost everything was pretty accurate 
in this particular episode and they had a picture of Joan Simon and when you know it the real Joan Simon had that ribbon in her hair there you go (laughs) all right so maybe it was her trademark I don't know (laughs) yeah I can I can see that that was a very popular style so yeah yeah but and yeah and, and you know making yourself feel better I could see you know like oh let me just do my hair maybe that'll Lift my spirits a little bit. Yes, perk me up a little. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we've sort of seen throughout this series is that I guess Gwen must have been very domestic, like she or must have just really enjoyed cooking because she's promising Joan that she's going to make her some Italian food. And we've seen her throughout the series, you know, cooking quite a bit. So she must have been mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming she was a good cook. Just because she cooked a lot doesn't mean she was a good cook, but I'm just going to assume that she was. (laughs) Right, right. So then we cut back to rehearsals, and then the title card, another title card that says, Bob Fosse, Cabaret, Domestic Box Office, $26,999,963, and... Then we see that number just start to rise. It just keeps rising and rising and rising mm-hmm. to, sh- to show how much money this movie was making. So I'm thinking at this point, Bob is feeling pretty good about himself. <laughs> right. He, he's he got the new show that he's, you know, taking lead on and he's in his element. And then Cabaret being such a financial success. Yeah, he's he's definitely on top of his game right now. Yes. So we cut back to rehearsals. And, oh, my gosh, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I got such a creepy feeling when Bob is trying to make those dates. And you guys can't see me, but I'm holding up my fingers in little quotations. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> dates. Um, <laughs> yes. It, yeah, that whole scene. So, yeah, he sends his daughter out to go get another soda. And these two chorus girls walk up and he starts talking about how oh, come and view this film that I'm editing. Yes. Oh, you can make it tonight? You can come over tomorrow. Yes. And actually what he's working on at the time is a TV special with Liza Minnelli called Liza with a Z, which was very well thought of at the time. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's kind of enticing these women. Come over. Maybe you can give me some suggestions, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Suggestions in quotation quotation marks. Exactly. (laughs) I need some help with my quote work. Um, (laughs) Unquote. (laughs) So, yes. So then during this time, we meet who I'm sure it's Anne Ryan King because he refers to a dancer named Annie with long dark hair. So this is the mm-hmm. first time we see her. And for those of you who don't know about Fosse's history, she became a very, very important person to him, both professionally and personally. But we don't see that yet. This is just their first meeting. So then Gwen shows up. And I had to laugh because she's like, you let her have another tab. I haven't thought about tabs since I was a little girl. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit younger than Nicole Fossey, but I remember my mother drinking tab. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely a, a generational soda. Yeah. They, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we none of us knew at the time that we were basically 
poisoning ourselves drinking it, but you know, with with all the saccharin in it, but you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that got that uh, that got found out later was not the best. Yes, right. So Gwen is asking Bob, please come to the play. She's still working on Children, Children, and. She says, you know, the, they're cutting so much out of this play. She says they're going to call it a skit instead of a play because at this point it's only about 45 minutes long because they just keep cutting and cutting and cutting. And Bob is very resistant. He doesn't want to go help her. Yeah. yeah, he just says, I'll be there for opening. Right. So we cut back to Bob on one of his quote unquote dates <laughs> and we won't describe what's going on there but um <laughs> lots, lots of cinemagraphic uh photography is used to emphasize what probably is happening right and then we see gwen at home and she's ready to take a shower and you hear nicole calling for her because on the call poor nicole all nicole wants to do is watch the partridge family with her mother and her mother is not into it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just says, I've been in rehearsal for months. This is my first day off. I just am going to take a bath. Like, I need to relax. Right. And it really kind of shows us that, you know, poor Nicole, at least for a little while, really wasn't getting the attention she probably deserved from her parents. I mean, especially not her father, but also her mother, too. You know, they were career people. And that was their first priority. Yeah, sitting in the back of a rehearsal hall reading is not getting parented, is not connecting with your family. Right. So then we cut back to Pippin rehearsal, and Bob is, walks in, and the whole cast is dancing to Cabaret. And at first I was a little confused, and then, of course, they talk about the fact that Bob got an Oscar nomination for Cabaret. Yes. Yeah, that's the title card. Bob Fosse, 1973, one Oscar nomination. Right. And then after that, we flash to a montage of Bob's excesses, which is really, mm -hmm. really uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Just the way they did it, it was actually really stunning and kind of put you in that mindset. Like he's just so driven by these things mm -hmm. these addictions so yeah, I, yeah it was very beautifully done but yeah a little disturbing definitely it was disturbing i felt disturbed by it so then we cut to the opening night of children children and they have just finished a show and gwen is getting ready to go to the party and bob walks in with a bouquet of flowers and she tells him the show is going to close after one night and reason being that the reviews were just going to be brutal. Catastrophic, yes. yes. And ticket sales weren't good to begin with, so they knew it just wasn't going to last, so cutting their losses. Yes. And just a little aside, uh, this is something Aaron and I had discussed a little bit off air. I was When I was looking for information about children, children, I found some pictures. I found basically no information about the play. I guess now we know that the reason why it closed so quickly. But in the pictures, Gwen Verdon looked really, like, really rough, like she had aged 100 years, older than her time. 
And I was really surprised at that. And then, as I've been doing since the series started, I was doing a deep dive on YouTube. And I found some other clips of her after that time frame, after she had done that play. And she looked fabulous. So I'm guessing that was makeup that made her look so rough. You, you probably stumbled upon a production picture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, well, yeah, it was a production picture. Apparently, her character in the play is being harassed by these children, like these demon children. So they probably made her up to look really rough and <laughs> harassed, you know, <laughs> like somebody had been harassing her. And also, another little aside, if you're doing a deep dive for Gwen Verdon Cuts, Look up the video of her on Fame where she's dancing with Debbie Allen. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how old she was at the time. I mean, obviously, she was a mature woman. This was in the 80s. She looked fabulous. I mean, danced beautifully. And the two of them together, they were so wonderful together. I watched that show when I was a little kid, and I totally didn't remember her being on the show. So I was so happy to see that clip. It's definitely worth watching if you're becoming a Gwen Verdon fan like I am. That's going on my watch list. Yes, that is a must look up because I love fame, but I've never actually sat through a full episode. Like just I caught the little clips and everything. So yeah, that would be interesting to see. Yes, I mean, the dancing, it's really good, except one little part that's very 80s. <laughs> You'll know when you see it. <laughs> I won't, I don't even have to describe it. You'll know. It, there's this, there's this flash dance! <laughs> it's not even flash dance. I can, I don't even want to describe it. You guys will know. See, now you have to go look for it. <laughs> no, yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> but other than that one very brief moment, it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Can't wait. So, you know, it's interesting during that scene, you really get the feeling. And actually, Gwen comes out and says to Bob, you should have come to see the show before it opened. And you really get the feeling she blames him for the play's failure. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to decide if that was like an honest guilt trip of him or just stating the fact of like you're falling behind on your husbandly duties you know like i support you in your projects you're supposed to support me i told you i needed help and you didn't yeah but i think we already established in prior episodes of the recap he seemed like a pretty self-centered guy yes i mean 100 percent. that's his personality yes. yes everybody was there to serve him But if, you know, someone needed help, he didn't often give that help. Or if he gave it, it it wasn't like it was given easily. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like every time Gwen wants something from him, she's got to beg for it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So, so yes. So we learn that that show is ending. And then we cut back to Pippin rehearsals. And... Bob hits on one of the dancers, you know, he's pulling his thing like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And, and it is a legitimate change in the show. But he walks this dancer back to her apartment. And he hits on her pretty strongly to the point where it was really, I mean, honestly, today, they would call it assault. 
100% agree with that. Yeah, that would have been a police action for what he did yeah. on film. Yeah, what yeah. they how they showed it on film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, today he would have gotten sued for that, if not worse, or arrested. And she does what most of us would do in that situation. <laughs> Gives him a swift hi <laughs> That's right. Takes him down. <laughs> and so now he's laying almost literally in the gutter. Right. Like, he is on the street, on the sidewalk. Unfortunately, and I could see this coming, once that happens... He is very, very tough on her in rehearsals to the point where he was going to put her in this featured spot and he replaces her. And who does he replace her with? Annie. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting because Gwen shows up and she sees this girl dancing and she's like, you know, she's good enough that she doesn't need to sleep with you. He doesn't look too happy about that little statement. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little put aside by that. He's like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> but Gwen is there because she is all excited because she, they're going to get the rights to Chicago. Yeah, she just got off the phone with the lawyers and was all excited because that is one of the shows that they had been looking forward to, to working together. Mm-hmm. And now that the rights were available, she rushed right over to tell Bob so that they could kind of maybe start making plans. Yeah. Who would have thought that all these years later, Chicago is still running? It's still on Broadway. Still on Broadway. <laughs> Crazy. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it really is. And he's pretty resistant. He's like, oh, well, I may have this to do and that to do. You know, like he's he's in so much demand. He doesn't want to commit to doing Chicago. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then Gwen gets kind of mad at him and asks him if he's been to visit Joan, which, of course, he has not. And he's very dismissive of that whole thing until she says to him, the doctor says she has about a month to live. And that kind of snaps him out of it. Right. Yeah. That kind of lets lets him know how serious the situation actually is. Yeah. Well, at least it shows he has somewhat of a heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, until we have another one of his flashbacks of excess and addictions. Yeah. Again, very uncomfortable to watch, but probably pretty accurate. Yes. And next we see another title card that says Bob Fosse, 1973, one Oscar nomination, three Emmy nominations. And then we see Gwen and she's gossiping with Joan. Joan is in the hospital and she's telling Joan all about her new younger boyfriend. I loved their little meet cute story. Yes. That he was just an extra and she felt all sorry for him. So she took him out to dinner. Right. (laughs) It was great. And, you know, I was thinking all this time, poor Gwen, you know, she doesn't have any companionship. And here is Bob, who's just catting around with every woman he meets. And now she's got somebody. And I was like, you go, Gwen. Right. Yeah. She needs a little happiness, too. Right. It's about time. So while they're talking, Gwen suggests that when Joan gets out of the hospital, you know, they have this big dinner party and she's going to shock Bob with her boyfriend, Ron, you know, because he doesn't Bob doesn't know that she has a boyfriend. And at this point, Joan says to her, you don't have to say all this. I know I'm not getting out of the hospital. And she knows that she's dying. Yeah, that was a very, very 
touching scene. It just showed the deep connection and the deep friendship. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that showed their deep friendship is Joan was very straightforward with her about Nicole. She said, I worry about her. Please look out for her. And I think Gwen really takes that to heart. So we cut to Bob, who's leaving rehearsal, and that dancer that he, you know, that he pulled out of that <laughs> that featured position comes up after him and tells him that she's she knows she hasn't been dancing that well and she'll do better. And then she offers to take him out for a drink. But we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she she is doing what she thinks she needs to do in order to get back into Bob's good graces. Right. Yes. And I was actually reading an article earlier, the same article I mentioned before and they said yeah that's pretty accurate that he just kind of went through these girls like he they were his own personal harem so Ugh. i know i know it's very <laughs> creepy it's very creepy it's so interesting because i was talking to someone a friend of mine about this show and she said you know i really would like to see it but I always felt like he was creepy. And at this point, maybe we were two episodes in and I said to her, I don't know if I'd say creepy. I, I think, you know, maybe he was kind of immature and maybe not the nicest guy in the world. Now I'm starting to agree with her. This this is getting creepy. Full, full on creep mode has been activated. Yes, absolutely. Um. <laughs> that, yeah, I agree with your assessment. Like at the beginning, it was like, okay, he's a strong personality. Second episode, okay, he's a womanizer. Third episode, what's going on? Now four four episodes in, okay, really seriously. <laughs> Yeah. Why have the police not been called? Yeah. I, and I don't know if this is the fact that he was a creep or maybe he had some emotional issues because, you know, when they show these montages of all of Bob's excesses, it almost seems like he's going on a bender. He's partying. He's taking drugs. It's like woman after woman after woman after woman. And if that's yeah. accurate, that's really disturbing. <laughs> Right, yeah. We get into it a little um a little later in the episode coming up real shortly as the award season progresses him and uh it, it Patty. I could not tell it, it was Patty. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and Patty are in the limo and they're having these deep conversations about like is this really making you happy? I don't think you're ever going to be happy even if you win a million of these. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, it, and the flashes of his excess and addiction, they get a little more intense and a little more severe yes. as the episode progresses. Yes. And I don't know if you picked up on this. One thing that Patty says to him is, you think, I won't use the language that he uses, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but he basically says, you think you know, you don't think very much of yourself. So because these people are giving you awards, you think you don't think very much of them either because they're giving you an award. So it the awards really don't mean a whole lot to him in the end. But one thing I am happy to see during this point in the show is that Gwen kind of realizes what she's missing out on with Nicole. And we see her come home and Nicole is having dinner with her nanny. And I'm sure that's kind of hard to see Nicole and her nanny so close and Gwen not 
to be a part of that. And so she starts really paying a lot of attention to Nicole, which I, I'm guessing this is sort of like a new start for the two of them. And Gwen starts to give Nicole a lot more attention. Yes, that that was another heartbreaking scene, especially coming right after the the hospital scene. You know, she immediately came back to the apartment and... Yeah, and she sees the nanny at the table, and they're just having this deep conversation, laughing and talking about the school day and everything, and all Gwen can think to ask is, oh, her teachers are saying she's good? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, she 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 had a good day today? Yeah, so it really does show the, the disconnect at that moment and right. her attempt to restart. So then we see another title card that says Bob Fosse... One Oscar nomination, three Emmy nominations, and two Tony nominations. And when you know it, he wins all of them. <laughs> this is his year. Right. And like you were saying before, the access continues. As he continues to win, his behavior just becomes more intense and more you, out of control. You see the spiral very clearly. Yes. Yeah. And the sad thing is when he won his Oscar, he didn't even thank his daughter. I thought that was so sad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She's just waiting up like, oh, he said your name. That's nice. Right. To Gwen. And Gwen's just like, oh, yeah, he he should have mentioned you. Like, yes, obviously. I mean. Well, she said, yeah, Nicole says, why didn't he say my name? And she said, because you didn't work on the movie. But you know that Gwen is probably thinking he should have thanked his daughter. <laughs> right, right. That, that's pretty standard procedure. Yes. The other thing I didn't like was he referred to Gwen as his good friend. I was like, yeah, the, they're still again, married. Awkward wording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awkward wording there. Like, yes, your spouse can be your friend, but they're more, you know. Right. <laughs> plus, Plus the fact that she was more on the set of the movie. Yes, that's true. She really was. I mean, she saved him in a lot of respects because they weren't understanding him, as we discussed before. She spoke Bob Fosse. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do some deep dive and see if she actually got like an assisting credit or something. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know if she did or not. I'm, I'm doubting she probably mm-hmm. did not because... That was probably just assumed like, oh, of course, A, the wife will do this work. And then B, it's Gwen, so she knows what she's doing. So we just call her and she shows up. Right. Kind of was the mentality of Bob and a lot of the men that she's been dealing with. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So then we see another title card that says Gwen Verdon, 1973, 14 years after her last Tony. And it really shows you the change in their fortunes. I mean, in the beginning, it was Gwen who was a big star and Bob was sort of fighting his way to the top. And now she's fighting to get jobs and he's on top of the world, professionally at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have that conversation about she needs to work. Mm-hmm. She wants She wants to work. She wants to be out there. And he just kind of dismisses her and says, I'm busy. Right. And then, you know, we see him, we still see him living to excess. And then we see another title card that says Bob Fosse, 1973, one Oscar, two Tonys and three Emmys. 
And it doesn't make him happy. He's obviously not happy. He's not satisfied. Uh, he shows up drunk at Gwen's apartment and cl- climbs into bed with her and her boyfriend. <laughs> she was not alone, people. <laughs> that did not go well. <laughs> that, that was, but it was just so awesome because it all happened like in the dark and every, you know, like they were trying to get lights on and she hears Bob screaming like, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> Like, and, what are you doing here? And did you notice what he said? Like, he climbs into the bed and he goes, I'm home. And I'm thinking, really? You think you can just waltz right back into her life? Yeah, you, you you got a few little steps in order to, to make it back into the bedroom here. Yeah, I mean, that was really presumptuous. Of course, he was also drunk at the time. Right, yeah. So... Then we cut back to Bob in his hotel room. This segment was done so incredibly well. And in fact, I saw that Alex Lacamoire tweeted out that this was really one of his favorite things to do for this particular series. And it's basically a fantasy sequence, but we're kind of seeing Bob's take on the Pippin finale. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, yeah. He's kind of having a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. I guess you could you could classify it as that. And yeah, he starts hallucinating, daydreaming, imagining mm-hmm. the cast of Pippin. Except on stage. Except there are people from his life that are also in it, like Gwen and like Patty. And you seen you seen Norman Leo Butts and not having him sing though. I know. I thought for sure he was going to sing, and he didn't. I was like, no. He joined in at the end a little bit, but yeah, they he spoke all of his parts, and it's like, aw. I know. That was a crime right there. Indeed. So if you were paying attention to the segments <clears throat> where he was in rehearsal for Pippin, we know, you know that he really wanted to change the ending, because the ending of Pippin is... Pippin makes this choice for love and he wants Pippin to kill himself. <laughs> he yes. wants him to, you know, he, he's literally, life. yeah, literally lighting a cigarette and going, well, of course he kills himself. He lights himself on fire. Why not? He wants glory. Mm-hmm. It's the name of the song. Glory, glory. Right. And now we see that, huh, maybe in reality, it's not such a good idea. Right. Maybe it was him projecting his own thoughts and feelings onto the character of Pippin. Yes. But the thing that seemed to really save him was the memory of his daughter or the thoughts of his daughter, you know. And can I say that little girl playing Nicole? But she had a nice little singing voice. That was so stunning. Just the whole the whole scene. And then, yeah, just that little break of her just sitting on the couch, taking her part, singing, singing to her father and her father's memory. It kind of looked like. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then him kind of like realizing, oh, OK, yeah, can't do this. Backing away from the ledge. Literally. Yes. <laughs> and and taking taking a few breaths and and luckily seeking the help he needed cuz they you know the the singers are still going telling him to do it telling him to do it and then you hear the voice of the 911 operator like 
hey, 911, do you have an emergency? Where's your emergency? Hello? And I, at that point, really thought he, because I believe he had two heart attacks during his life. I was thinking he was having his first heart attack. I never knew that he basically had a breakdown, which he he did. Yeah. New, yeah. New information for me, too. I was like, what is going on? It's like, yeah. I mean, especially when he opened his eyes and he was in a hospital bed, I thought, oh, he, you know, this must be the first heart attack. Yeah. I thought either, yeah, a heart attack, an OD or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but nope, the title card proved us wrong. And it says Pine Whitney Psychiatric Clinic, day two. Yes, yes. Apparently, this psychiatric clinic, I read uh, the Payne Whitley, uh, Whitney, excuse me, the Payne Whitney Psychiatric Clinic was sort of the go to place for people with money. So if you were having some issues and you had a lot of money, that was where you went. You went to a nicer, a nicer little clinic where they maybe, maybe treated you a little better because this was uh, still in the 70s. So psychiatric hospitals were still not the best places to be right the most helpful situations for people yes yes uh not always so yes we will find out what happens next because that was the ending of the show (laughs) right that title card and the doctor like okay mr fossey yes how are you feeling today Uh, (laughs) yeah he didn't look so good um (laughs) no that makeup was amazing that he really did look like rot just like drained yes i mean it's going to be interesting to see what happens next it looks like from the clips for next week gwen is kind of saying look what he needs is to work not to rest right right yeah she wants to just get him back in a routine of being busy Mm-hmm. And everybody else is kind of like, maybe he should take a little time. Yeah. And he probably should have, maybe. Or I think these days, I'm guessing this is well before even like the Betty Ford Clinic, which was, I remember when that opened, I was a kid, but you heard a lot about it in the media. I don't, I doubt it was open at that point. I could be wrong, but that's probably what he needed. Like someplace where he could go get some help with his addictions. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily a fully locked down psychiatric place, but something where he could like take a moment to himself and work it through. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting when you think about some of our great artists from the past and how things could have changed for them had they gotten the help they needed. Right. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. The tw- the 27 Club would be definitely different. Yes. So that's the end of this episode of Fosse Verdon. And we are excited for next week. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes. yes. Can't, can't wait to see what happens. And we'll be with you next week with the next recap of episode five. And as always, thank you, Erin, for contributing your thoughts on the episode. Thank you for having me. And we will see you guys next week. Uh-huh.